What's up, what's up everybody? Everyone's doing well. I'm back. Uh, AP right here. Um, so, yeah, let's get straight into this episode, man. So, I hope everyone's doing well first of all, and uh, taking care of themselves and everything like that. So, what I wanted to talk about today, actually, is about the idea and the training philosophy of upper calisthenic, body weight upper body, and barbell lower body, right? Which is, I, I actually like this concept. I like this idea from a general fact that I feel like it, it combines a lot of ideas of strength mixed into one. So when you're strong calisthenically with your upper body, you usually have a, have a decent amount of relative strength. When you deadlift squat, you have a best of all world combination where you kind of have a combination of absolute and relative strength, right? Because if you're staying relatively lean with, because the calisthenic upper body work is keeping you accountable body composition wise, then it would be a good idea to start to now think about relative strength when it comes to your barbell training. So you, when you get a double body weight, you know, back squat, you know, obviously you're, there's a lot of things that start to improve. So your velocity, your force, pushing off the ground if you're going to start to get its athletic training um it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot easier when you have a strong strong squat people are like oh you don't have to have the prerequisites yeah no shit i get that like i do get that you don't need prerequisites to get into plyometrics no one does literally you can do plyometrics just right off the bat if you really wanted to and just gradually expose yourself to tougher and tougher variations of plyometric work but in general i believe there is a huge huge deal and it makes it much easier to get, become more athletic when you're strong as hell. Much easier, much easier. Then it just comes to exposing yourself to sprinting, jumping, um, and that's it. So because what you gotta remember, the force velocity curve, you have maximum strength, um, uh, strength speed, speed strength, and then maximal power, and that's it. So you kinda have those in combination now. Power is 30 to around 30 to 80 percent of your one rep max. Rough ballpark. That's what power um, is referred to as. If you look at percentiles of your one rep max. Now maximum strength is about uh, I think about 85 to 100 percent of your one rep max. 85 to 95, let's say, about of your one rep max, right? So hang on. Excuse me for that. I needed to get some fresh Gatorade in the body. Anywho, but like this is the um this is this is the point right like you have to remember that and then what the what the body weight calisthenic does it, it packs on size it packs on size right the uh, the calisthenic upper body stuff packs on size it makes you strong makes you very very healthy keeps your body composition checky around because if you start to gain a little bit too much weight your calisthenics performance does start to drop whether you believe it or not now I've been in a in a bulk for probably about seven to eight months now. It's been about eight months, yeah, roughly. Um, honestly, I actually feel really, really good. Like I feel good health metric wise. Um, I haven't lo I've only lost a little bit of work capacity. Nothing even in that insane. Um, I, I've 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 kept most of my performance that I did last year, but I've actually enhanced it in many ways at a heavier body weight, which is really really good that means that i'm getting stronger absolute and relative um i'm packing on size which is great and i feel like a lot of that has to do with the calisthenics performances uh, the calisthenic work that i'm doing for my upper body because at this point now i'm doing weighted dips with 30 kg for sets of eight 
Um, pull-ups. Uh, I did dead hang, like a hold at the bottom of the pull-up. So when you're at that dead hang, you hold it for like half a second to a second, then you can initiate your rep. I did that for like 15 kgs for almost four sets of eight. So I did one set of eight, seven, seven, seven. And I kept like two reps in reserve every single set, rested for about two minutes. So that it gave me a good lap pump. My lats today are, are fucked. They're absolutely wrecked. So um, that's good. Um, that means that, um, that means that my work capacity is just doing pretty good for upper body and that's something that i've really struggled with uh work like body wise is work capacity for the upper body so usually when i do one set of like dips and it does tend to be like a rep or even sometimes the failure um the next set if i rest for the period that's provided i'm destroyed i'm wrecked right so this is why some i tell clients all the time keep a rep in reserve keep a rep in reserve for every single set and then when you need to go to failure do it on machines do it on machines but free weight body weight work don't bother don't bother like dips are brutal man like dips my my lumbar spine is hyper extended i don't usually i don't usually don't get um lumbar spine pain anymore touch wood but um the dips are just frustrating man like i really try to brace as hard as i can but it's hard not to hyper extend particularly as you start to get heavier and you start to get closer to failure so yeah i gotta be really careful of that but otherwise like my dips are getting crazy strong. Like I'm starting to get very, very strong in my dips. And hopefully I'm thinking by the end of the year because I'm actually much closer to my goal than I thought I was. Um, because the, by by about all, like late August to September, I said to one of my best mates that I was going to get 30 kg for like maybe set, a set of 10, two sets of 10. Um, but I reckon by about mid-September, I reckon I could probably go for 30, 30 for 3 by 10 uh, which was a big, a little bit of a baby milestone of mine that I wanted to gun down for on dips. Um, so I've committed to the dips, man. I, I don't want to change anything out. Uh, if, it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. You, if you continue with the program, find chase those uh, small micro progressions with your lifts, even if it's through RPE, even if it's through a, a slight decrease in rest period, maybe like set by set by set volume PR. So almost like a double uh, progression in terms of like, instead of going three sets of nine all the way through, maybe just go one set of nine one week. And then the next week you go two sets of nine. Or maybe that, that set of nine that you did for your first set, it has a lower RPE, right? And if you're a damn good lifter, it has been shown that you're much better at auto-regulating or figuring out your RPE better than the individual who's just beginning out. A lot of people either tend to underestimate their rate of perceived exertion or they overestimate. Nothing in between, unless you're a damn fine-tuned advanced lifter. If you're an advanced lifter, you know yourself better than anybody, right? Even more than your coach or the individual um, that you're finding your program from. But for me, like, it's always been about, like, I'm looking into more calisthenic stuff now because it intrigues the hell out of me. I've always been a, a, a fascinator of the calisthenic game but for me i'm a big bulky dude but for like a lot of people say to me all the time like for someone who is quite a fluffy individual you actually know how to use your body weight upper body wise quite nicely than other people do and even skinnier guys don't have that coordination or that coordination that inst that muscular coordination in their upper body i don't have it in my legs but i have it in my upper body um much more than the average population. I don't know why that is. I think um, it comes down to a lot of things. I think genetically and like environmentally, I was structured to be a decent, pull to be a strong puller because 
a lot of times when I was a little bit younger, even when I was a young lad, obviously we had to move houses quite a lot. So there was boxes that had to be moved. We had to, I had to like almost like put my erector muscles in my lats and my abdominals into constant engagement every single time that I would have to pick up boxes. And we moved about five to six times uh, before even 16 years old. So like we were constantly, constantly moving. But not only that as well, like I was still exercising even as a young lad. People think that I was just some lazy bugger. Honestly, the only reason why I was the way I was when I was at that age, and if, if you know me or if you saw what I was in primary school, I was a very obese individual. And obviously there was no excuses for that, except for the fact that I just used to eat a lot of food and I used to eat a lot of bad foods. Um, well, actually, we didn't even eat a lot of bad foods, to be honest. I just ate a lot of good... I did, ate too much of the good foods. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, I wasn't even that unhealthy of a human being when it came to f food eating. Like, we just... Had, we we as yet lads used to just be given proteins and fats, and that was literally it. So we used to just have a stack, a stack of beef and chicken and an avocado, and that was it. Like, avocado, nuts, oils, and then just, like, the main source of protein. Tunas, um, turkey pork beef fish we just that's literally all we used to have like and then fruits and that was it but i used to eat a lot of that stuff like a lot so and vegetables and vegetables lots of vegetables as well man we used to just go hound i used to eat a lot of food as a little boy man like much much more than your average joe man and then obviously he like once a week would have takeaways so um so yeah like and i wasn't a very active individual so my output it was pretty poor so once i just got home and that was it man like i wasn't doing anything else i was good at physical activity but like like, like when it was time for me to do it i just wasn't an athletic individual like i wasn't blessed or gifted with any type of athletic abilities or anything like that i just never had it in me i was never fast i could never jump high but the thing is is that like i used to always have a decent work ethic physically like i could push myself there's and i always say it is that like anybody can work hard but can anybody work smart right and i always used to find that cliche uh that comment kind of like i used to see some meaning in it um and understanding in it but to be honest with you man um like just like what i'm doing right now with like my body when it comes to barbell lower body and upper body calisthenics getting back to the original point is that what the hell's optimal what does optimal mean? What does optimal mean nowadays? You know what I mean? Like there's no such thing as an optimal program. No matter how much somebody will tell you about optimal programming and injury prevention, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. I truly don't believe in injury prevention. I think injury prevention is a massive BS marketing tool for those uh, so-called so athletic coaches on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook that always want to really uh, try and get a business going you can't prevent an injury you can't you can't do it injuries are so multi-structural chaotic complex unexpected and just freaking wild man like injuries could happen just at a freak accident now people really 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 overmind the importance of strength and conditioning for athletes they really do like this is coming from a guy who has has studied this as a degree like we we tend to overmine it overmine the importance of strength and conditioning tremendously the only thing that strength and conditioning does do for the body is strengthen it up that's it like it's not going to allow you to snap off an acl because sometimes we cannot 
when we're when we're in the when the gym it's there to be sport it's not there to be sports specific right some people injure themselves in practice and people like to point the blame at the strength and conditioning coach it's not the strength and conditioning coach's fault the strength and conditioning coach all they have to do is just target the muscle areas that are specific to what the sport needs so if they need a little bit of deacceleration maybe they need to work the hammies you know in a lengthened position so so they don't get a strain but sometimes when they get themselves in a very complex body position um they just get an injury and it's just an accident like not like you can't you can't help it no matter how much you strengthen that muscle sometimes people just get a torn hammy um it sucks and people be like, oh yo you can prevent an injury by training it yeah but like it's like that's not the point like we don't see that as a direct we some people don't see that as the direct correlation to a strength and conditioning like injury prevention comes from so many factual areas around just strength and conditioning strength and conditioning is not only the only uh placebo or the only section to injury prevention um and i'll stand by that somebody could come at me in the dms and all that saying oh well you don't know what you're talking about ap i know what i'm talking about and i'm confident what i say here um i truly don't believe injury prevention injury prevention is just a bit of a marketing bs tool in my opinion it's just a bit of clickbait by individuals just to make sure that you get their programming that's literally all it is man um because injury prevention comes down to how much sleep do they have how much stress are they carrying on how well, how much minutes are they playing on the field as well because sometimes when you play more minutes out of the field you have to lower down the volume and intent maintain the intensity but some people man like if they're just a bench warmer guy bro amp up the volume amp up the volume because they're not playing as much minutes as the Joe Blow over there. So minutes have to count as well for something. And sometimes when you put more minutes in, the pressure's on these guys mentally. And mentally, when there's more pressure on them, there's more stress. More stress, more higher chances of injury. Are they getting sleep? Are they hydrating them? Are they hydrating themselves with plenty of water, sodium, electrolytes, potassium, etc., etc.? And of course, just water in general, right? Um, and they're making sure they get enough sleep, man. Are they getting enough REM? Are they getting enough uh, slow wave sleep? Are they making sure that they're um, following the same uh, sleeping patterns day by day by day, which is circadian rhythm? These are the, all the things that you need to talk about with your athletes as well, man. And then talking about um, questionnaires as well. So how are they feeling? All right, so go to them. Give them a questionnaire. How are they feeling? Score from one to 10. That they That is one of the golden, golden ways to find out how your athlete's going is literally just through a questionnaire. Um, post session or like maybe a couple days after the session or even week by week by week because then that can give the strength and conditioning coach a chance to potentially order to regulate their programming down particularly if they're feeling a little bit crummy or crap right because that all matters with sports that all matters with sports this is very underappreciated stuff right here like this is the stuff that when it comes to a strength and conditioning coach, it needs to be put into play. And then what you have to do is separate modalities of training. You have to put the power, you have to put the strength, you have to put high, a little bit of hypertrophy so they can get a nice pump. A little bit of conditioning, not so much necessary. I think this is another thing that a lot of um, individuals tend to forget is conditioning. Why the fuck would they need conditioning, man? They're already playing hours and hours and hours on the field. You don't need them to go for a run. You don't need them to do any of that stuff, man. Let them play their sport and get them more conditioned at their sport by letting them play the damn sport. You let them play the damn sport, they're gonna make sure they burn their calories. And all they have to do is just work their tail off in those practices and then just follow the certain rules or their positioning or wherever they are, how many minutes they're playing specifically to their conditioning, right? That 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 sport is their quote unquote conditioning. Let them play their sport and then separate the modality of power and uh, strength 
away from conditioning, right? Very important, guys. Another tip. All following back to the barbell, lower body, upper bo- uh, body weight, upper body um, uh, philosophy that we're talking about here as well. Separate modalities. Separate training modalities. Very important. So when you're talking about training, you need to learn how to separate modalities. So I personally believe that if you're going to get strong in the gym, don't look at your Apple Watch for burning calories or heart rate. What you should be looking at is just your breath rate between those rest periods. If you are adequate enough where you're still at a near normal breathing rate, go for your next set. Don't worry about counting time. If you're really, really passionate and you want that training bad enough, you're just going to have to give up some time. Now, if you're very, very busy, yeah, I get it. I get it. You probably need to take less rest, right? Because some people may straight up just only have one hour, right? So this is where like sometimes when it comes to uh, these individuals now, like particularly in the industry that are talking about this new research that's coming out, which is correct. And obviously I personally do think there is a shit ton of merit in the studies that they're saying that I've even carried on to myself and I've found tremendous benefits to what these individuals are doing is um, is increasing your rest periods so that when you have the opportunity to now go into your next set, you're more refreshed and feeling like you're gonna have a more consistent output set by set by set. And as well, there's gonna be more, what they would say, motor units that are gonna be recruited for that set. So you're just gonna feel stronger overall. And not only that as well, there's gonna be more consistently strong volume PRs. And particularly if you're in a calorie surplus, that's gonna be absolutely tremendous benefit, right? So uh, do I believe that you should be resting? Like, do I believe that this is the case for everybody? Depends. I truly believe that if you have the time and if you have a decent amount of time to go train, man, go for it, go for it, go for it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, man. Uh, But if you are a guy that, an individual that works a nine to five job, do you think you really have time unless you're single um, or don't have any other priorities except for maybe your parents or whatever, but like still, do you think you really have that opportunity to kind of do that, to be honest with you? Uh, no, no, you don't, you don't. So this is why I tell people all the time, man, take your, t- uh, take your time if you have the time. If you don't, decrease those rest periods, man, and then just make sure that that weight is just very, very fine selected, man fine selected so don't be stupid with the weight make sure you're just being smart with which weights you're picking okay once you're smart with the weights that you're picking you're good to go or even decrease the amount of exercises you do just maximize the hell out of like three exercises and you're good to go seriously i'm not even kidding you i do some i do that sometimes with individuals that just train shoulders so an ohp variation let's go eight to ten reps then like 12 to 15 reps uh, superseted of lateral raises and like some sort of rear delt work and then boom they're good to go the shoulders are pumped the hell up and then they're out of the gym in about 45 minutes with only three exercises which is nothing right and they still only had about they still had about three minutes rest in between the ohp maybe two minutes on the side laterals so like that's that's what i'm saying like minimize minimize uh it's hard to say so like deep what the hell's going on there man somebody's going off with the horn anywho um I apologize about that. But yeah, so this is what it's all about. So figure out a way to either decrease, either go separate training modalities where like when you're focusing on strength, you're focusing on getting stronger and getting jacked, right? That's the point of strength training, right? 
Then, if you're gonna do conditioning, learn how to separate the conditioning. If your time, your only time in the entire world, you couldn't pick out a 20 minute period or block in the evening to do some cardio, I don't know. I feel like everyone has 20 minutes or even 30 minutes uh, after dinner to just get in some cardio. And to be honest with you, it's gonna make you sleep way better. People think, oh, I'm gonna be up all night. No, honestly, you're probably gonna get to sleep way better after doing some cardio. Trust me when I say that. I've done a, a decent amount of cardio over my years. When you do it in that nighttime, no caffeine, no pre or anything like that, you just get in the garage and just go on the treadmill for an incline or just go on the bike for 30 minutes, you'll sleep better at night. You really, really will. I promise you that. So definitely get amongst that, guys, is learning how to separate your strength to your conditioning, right? And you can do it concurrently. It's not an impossible thing to do both at the same time either. If you wanted to do both strength and conditioning at the same time, not an impossible thing. Not an impossible thing at all. If you really, really know about minimum effective dosage, honestly, the best way to go about this would be literally just strength training, midday, like afternoon, may, hell, maybe even during lunch period, let's say you freaking midday or something like that. If you're that type of individual, maybe you work in the industry itself and or maybe you just have a break or maybe you finished work early. Maybe you have like a six to 11 shift or like a five to 11. Maybe you have like a six hour, five and a half hour shift. And, um, you, you know, you come in, you have some food at 11 a.m. Just like a quick, like little biter, just so you have a little bit of food in your storage to train, um, something in the GI track. And then you come to the gym. All right. Leg day. What exercise do we focus on? Man, squatting, a squatting variation. Let's say it's front squats, baby. Let's go, front squats. And then, let's say this is your only leg day of the week, all right? So we'll just fucking add some glutes. So maybe some Romanian deadlifts, all right? Um, just barbell RDLs, awesome exercise, freaking love them. Then after that, let's say you're doing some hammies. So maybe let's do some, a seated leg curl, you know? Why not, seated leg curl will be awesome, okay? And then a quad exercise, just so you're getting some a pump in your quads. Something like, uh, leg extension, right? Just keep it basic, leg extension. Or if you're a bodyweight guy, you like to play around bodyweight like I do, maybe reverse Nordics, all right? So you're doing a shortening exercise for your hammies and then a lengthening exercise for your quads, which is gonna be the reverse Nordic. And then just some sort of calf exercise. So maybe see a calf raise. So that's about, what is that? Five exercises, three sets each, of whatever sets and reps you wanna choose. You call it a day. Five exercises, all right? That took about what? An hour and 15, let's say, plus warm up. 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes worth of warm up. Okay, and then an hour to do your training session. Cool down, fuck cool downs. Who does cool downs nowadays, man? That's silly. Um, so then you go home, food, life having lunch, hydrating yourself up. Maybe you're doing some work throughout the day. Maybe you're just home, just chilling, just, you know, watching TV or whatever. Or maybe you're just doing some business stuff, which takes about, what, an hour and two hours or something like that, checkups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then you got about a spare time. So it's about 5 p.m., maybe 6 p.m. Okay, it's near dinner time. Hop onto the your bike or maybe just go out for a walk. Okay, long distance brisk walk, like a brisk fucking walk with a weighted vest. Have you, if you've ever tried that before, that's sick, man. Really, really cool. Get amongst it if you can. A very brisk walk, lightweighted vest, maybe like a seven and a half to 10 kilogram weighted vest, 12 and a half maybe if you're feeling good. Um, and then just fucking walk it. You're just walking, man. So. This is an awesome, awesome way 
to get your cardio in. Awesome way to get your cardio in. I, I highly recommend this to a lot of people, man. If you want to get a damn good cardio walk in, just brisk the fucking walk. Find a good route where there's barely any stoplights or you have to cross or anything like that. And just brisk it out and just nasal breathe the whole time with a weighted vest. You're going to feel damn good. Like, really good. You're going to feel refreshed. You will get a little bit of a sweat going. Nothing too much where it's going to annihilate you. Your joints are going to feel good. The only thing I would worry about is just your traps, Okay. Um, and your and your and the, and the nerves in your shoulder and your upper trap or shoulder region, okay. So just be careful about that. So that's why I recommend just going very slow to start off with, so gradual exposure, and then from there just go distance, baby. But yeah, man. Like when I was, I did that. Um, what was it? I did the trail half marathon with Mike, and it was funny that. We put on a 12... I put on about a 12, 13 kilo weight of S. I think it was about 13 for me. And then plus the backpack. So that would have been about 17 to 18 kilos. Holy fuck. It was not nice, man. Um, particularly about the fifth hour, fifth to sixth hour of the trail. Fuck me, man. It was... It was, uh... It was pretty brutal, bro. Like, I, I was seeing shit, man. Like, I was seeing... I wasn't seeing shit, but I was fucking fatigued. Um, and I lost my shit, man. So... What I really enjoyed about that trail ma marathon, that half marathon, it wasn't a run. It was just like a, it was a half marathon walk, right? I could just call it half marathon just to kind of dumb it down. It was like a 22 kilometer walk. But I really enjoyed it because what it taught me was just learn how to regulate your emotions when shit gets tough. So I definitely learned a decent amount from that trail uh, walk before. Um, so I'm definitely going to learn how to just control myself and just be better prepared, man. Just be much better prepared um, than, what you, than what I was before. And then just go from there. So, and it was fucking hot that day. It was about 40, 40 degrees or something like that. So, we barely had any water, man. Like, I, I had fuck all. I had no water. I had barely any water in my body, man. So, by the time we got fucking back onto land or back onto um, just regular ways, man, I was fucking... I was out of it, bro. Like, I was fucking spent, cunt. Like, I was out of it. Just absolutely destroyed. So... That type of stuff teaches you lessons, man. So, anywho, back to the topic. Back to the topic. I, I like to get off track a little bit. I apologize for that. But, yeah, man. Just learn how to separate your modalities. Learn how to separate your training modalities. And trust me, it's going to be so much more easier for you. So, anyway, getting back to the main point, man. Barbell, lower body, barbell, upper body. How is a Mr. AP going to go about this? Good question. So, for me, what I'm thinking at this point in time is... Just my squats, I'm, I'm, I'm squatting three times a week, man. So I'm giving myself enough of an opportunity to really practice my sport, which is getting under a barbell and squatting. So this is good because then I, I like to squat as well. And what I like about the poor squat as well is that you use less weight. So the stimulus to fatigue ratio in comparison to just going a regular repetition is going to be so much more better for my recovery than just a touch and go. And I can use more of the touch and go or just a regular repetition on the squat than I could a pause. And the pause is just going to keep my hips way better, man. It's just going to allow me to sit down a lot better into the squat. Um, it's going to teach my body how to feel comfortable at that bottom position as well. Which is the toughest position of the entire lift is that bottom position, right? So that's why I tell people, practice pausing your squats. Once you learn how to practice your pause squats... It's just going to make it easier overall to really just kind of just get out of that bottom hole. But I will warn you now, 
Pause squatting will make you into a freak show, but you need to practice touch and go a few weeks before start trying to chase for a PR. So for an example, if you're gonna do pause squats, you're getting stronger your pause squats. Let's say you fucking increase your pause squat by about 15 kilos, right? You're just getting stupid strong at your pause squats, right? After a point, when you get that strong, Maybe it's almost equalizing your touch and go than what, it, than what it used to be. Let's say you haven't touched your, touched your touch and go in such a long time, right? And you get your, your old touch and go was 140 and you get to a 140 pull squat, right? A 140 kilogram pull squat, which is pretty, pretty impressive stuff. So let's say, man, let's say you, you get that, you get under the pull, you get under the barbell, pause it, Get the hell back up, PR, boom, bang, three play pause squat, right? That's tied for your regular rep PR. Let's say you want to now think, oh, okay, let's see how much I could probably get on my touch and go, right? Or my regular rep uh, barbell back squat. So instead of just testing it straight away, start to get used to that pattern of bouncing up and down or using that stretch reflex all over again. Then test it out two weeks later. And I guarantee you that bad boy will probably get up to about 155 maybe if you if you if you're really thinking about it a 160 a 160 but that like if you're only pausing for a second the difference should only be about 10 to 15 kilos so you know like it shouldn't be a crazy increase in your squat but like that's a 15 kilo increase from your past squat you know what i mean like that's what 30 pounds a little bit it, it like that's pretty damn good so i'm pause squatting three times a week um then what I'm doing on Tuesday is pull-ups. Just pull-ups, man. Just learning how to get damn good at pull-ups. So I've got, um, what is it? I've got dead hang pull-ups, neutral grip pull-ups, and then ring pull-ups. Ring pull-ups are always occupied, which is frustrating, but whatever. Um, then I got chin-ups. Chin-ups, my biceps, they are strong, man. I've got some strong, strong biceps. Biceps for me are a very strong point in terms of strength. Um, and I think that's what carries half of my lift, man, like in the chin-up is just my bicep strength. My bicep strength is just wild, um, which, is, which isn't which is a bad thing, but like, like they're just man strong, dude. Like they're not even that big, but they're just strong. Like yeah i don't know i just feel like my bicep really just does a carry job on the chin up man like it's just one of those one of those things that like i don't know it's just it's just odd it's really odd i you you would have to see me before i had to explain it to you because like i don't know it's just really really weird but always remember doesn't mean you're good at your pull-ups doesn't mean you're going to be automatically good at chin-ups doesn't mean you're good at your chin-ups doesn't mean you're automatically going to be good at your pull-ups so always remember to practice both and then also practice your neutral grip pull-up, which is going to be a middle bridge between the pull-up and the chin-up, right? So people say, oh, I'm doing pull-ups and they have an underhand grip. It's like, no, that's a chin-up, right? That is a chin-up, mate. All right, learn how to get that correct. So you have your pull-up, then you have your chin-up, your neutral grip pull-up and your ring pull-ups, okay? So um, I haven't tried ring pull-ups in a bit of time, but I do like ring pull-ups a lot. I think ring pull-ups are great because like you have that adjustability with your hands. So it's just gonna make it much more easier on your on your wrists and your elbows, to be honest with you. Now, what I also do on Tuesday and what I have been adding in recently, which is very, very odd, is 50 push-ups as a bridge gap between back and shoulders. I don't know why I've been doing this. I I I I don't know. I don't know. But 
it only takes me a few minutes, maybe like three minutes and that's it. So I'll bang out like 35 push-ups in a row, then I'll rest, bang out 10 and then go five. That's it. Or even sometimes I'll go 35, rest for like 45 seconds, boom, 15. That's it, done, no more. So that's something that's really, really enjoyable as well is just doing 50 push-ups. It only takes like two, three, as I said, two and a half to four minutes. It's nothing long at all, uh, which is great. That's really, really good. So, but the pump on it is absolutely nasty. I don't know what it is with push-ups for me, but push-ups just barrel roll my chest, man. They barrel roll my chest. Push-ups just, I don't know. Like push-ups is the only exercise, like one of the only pack exercises where I'm like, God damn, I'm feeling it. Like the only other exercise that I do feel that is dumbbell bench and incline and not dumbbell bench, dumbbell bench and push-ups. That's it. And dips and dips and dips. Those, those three right there are the three exercises where I just feel the hell out of my pecs. So it, like dumbbell bench is just superb. I love dumbbell bench pressing a lot. I think it's a great exercise for any athlete. Um, what's my dumbbell bench at? I only do incline and I do my inclines with a neutral grip. But you know, people would say, have been saying nowadays, ah, oh, if you arch your back on the incline, you're not gonna be working your upper pec or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, bro, just let me send the weight. Let me send the weight, bro. My technique is perfectly fine. I get a deep, a good, good, strong range of motion as well. So it's like, yeah, yeah, bro, bro ski back off, man. You know, we're all gonna make it, bruh. It's all good, man. So, yeah. So I, I got, I think I'm almost at three sets of nine with 35 kg, which is, uh, it's, 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 it's average. But always keep in mind that it, it is a neutral grip as well, and it's on an incline, so that's all right. Thinking about all that into fruit nutrition as well, that has to be pretty admired. Admired, I'd say. But yeah, like, I don't know, like I wasn't feeling it last week, to be honest, last Saturday, I felt kind of crap. Uh, but I reckon I could easily get a three by 10, maybe by the end of September, and then maybe just go for a, um, not by, uh, yeah, by the end of September, maybe by the end of August, I could probably go for a three by 10 and then um, go for a 37.5 for three by eight. And the goal for the, by the end of the year is to get a 40 kg for three by 10. So. I think a 40 kg for three by 10 is pretty plausible. I reckon I could easily get a 40 kg. Um, and then obviously lifetime goals like three by three by 10 with 50 on the neutral group incline. That would be wild, man. That's that's strong, that's strong stuff, man. Um, so that would be pretty cool. And then obviously that at that point, I would get to two plates, maybe two and a half plates for three sets of 10 as well. Um, and then just bang out a hundred pushups, man. Hundred pushups with weight. Uh, would be sick as well to get to that point like that's that, these are the things i'm thinking now like i'm thinking long-term vision bro with my strength and where i can go so the goal really is like a 40 kg neutral grip incline three sets of 10 weighted dips like body weight plus 40 kg for three sets of 10 and then maybe at some point i could just bang out 100 weighted push-ups like five kilos on my back boom just bang it out or even like 10 kilos bang 100 100 push-ups bang it out no elbow, no wrist pain, none of that. Just bang them out. Like a couple minutes, like in about five minutes, done. Five minutes, six minutes. 100 push-ups with 10 kilos. Nah, as I say, five minutes is a bit of a reach. That, that's like some elite shit. I'd probably say seven minutes, seven to eight minutes. Bang it out 100 push-ups, you know what I mean? Like, But these are the things that I'm thinking, man. Like, I don't know. I think long-term stuff all the time. Like, it's always a long-term vision for me when it comes to strength and conditioning. Just always thinking at thinking uh, forward, man. That I guess that's a more I guess that's a pride thing more so than anything. But like, I don't know. You always gotta have that game plan in your mind. So that's what I'm looking for. 
The goal with the squatting, man. Four plates. Four plates. It's got to be four plates. I want to get a nasty squat, man. I'm telling you, I'm obsessed with squatting at the moment. Like, just, I'm hungry to get a strong squat. And I got a 140 on Monday, but honestly, that wasn't good enough, man. I want to get up to about four. I want to get to four plates. Four plates by next year would be great. And that's the goal. I'm always thinking four plates. You know, what can I do? What What's what's next? What can I do that's going to get me to a level of just like this level of strength? That'd be just unbelievable. And I want to be able to squat in my vivos, man. I want to be able to squat a freaking four plate squat. Paused down for like three to five seconds in the hole. In my vivos, man. Beltless, sleeveless. That would be so badass, man. 180 kilos, man. On that back at freaking 85 kilograms. Kilograms. Bro, GG. GG. Like, that'd be sick. I'd love to get to that point, man. And I will. I will get to that point. I'm confident enough in my hard work and what I do that I will get to that point where I'll be squatting uh, uh, beltless and sleeveless for four plates at double body weight. Like, I'm confident in what I do, man. I'm confident in what I do. I'm confident in my uh, my ability to work and my ability to put, put all the cards on the deck, man. So let's just keep working and keep dancing, bro. But then... Then there's always other goals like four plate chin up is in the books probably next year as well. That's going to be sick. I'd love to get a four plate chin up at some point. Um, uh, three plate dips for reps is going to be another one. Uh, push ups. I'm not so worried about push ups for weight anymore. I used to be the kind of that guy that was like, oh, I got to get the push ups and yeah, I put the weight in the back. But to be honest with you, man, no point. Like, I don't know. I'm doing the weighted dip as a big focus, so I don't really see the point of having to. Um, uber prioritize push-ups um, I want to get a one-arm chin-up soon as well one-arm chin-up front levers uh, planches l-sits uh, front yeah front levers one-arm chin-ups uh, planches planches is something I really want to get to handstands uh, back levers as well would be pretty cool I like back levers keep working on my skin the cat and German hang techniques as well um, I did my first one today, which was fucking incredible. I felt so good about that. I was so happy. But I want to keep doing like for reps and I want to get some like movement flow going for that as well. So I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like hybrid shit, bro. I'm thinking fucking, I'm thinking like double body weight, beltless pause squats to being the, the fucking guy who could pull a one-arm chin up. Like that's the badass three I want to pull off, man. And alongside having some decent conditioning, just like decent, it doesn't have to be great doesn't have to be elite but it's some decent conditioning in my body bro i'm sad i'd be fucking happy for that so these are the goals that i have in mind and they're, they're, they're very they're very uh, ambitious but it, you never go far in life without uh, uh, ambition man you gotta you gotta put all the cards in the deck if you want to go these these type of routes and goals so keep working man just keep putting that damn bread in and I'm telling you what, the rewards are going to pay benefit. And manifest this stuff as well. Just keep imagining it in your head. Keep visualizing it. And then once you keep visualizing it, that work's going to all pay off at some point or another. So uh, just don't give up, man. Don't give up, you know, because this whole process is beautiful. It's going to make sure that you are going to get to that position that you want to get into. So as I said, just keep working, baby. Keep working. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's just all about like this, like this, the, the lower body strength through bar, the barbell movements. And then you know, the body weight, upper body movements through calisthenics. And, you know, I'm practicing my calisthenics like every single day now. And I'm, I'm keen to see where it goes. I used to be able to pull off an L-sit quite comfortably. 
And honestly, I don't know what the fuck happened. So what I'm actually going to do on my lower body days to make sure that I encompass that is I'm going to start warming up with some Cedar Good Mornings and some Jefferson Curls. Then I'm going to start to get into some Deficit RDLs just so I get the hamstring mobility while getting strong in my hamstrings. So it's a bit of strengthening slash mobility movements all into one. So that's what I'm going to be doing on my lower body days. So my second lower body day will be uh, poor squats and then deficit RDLs. And honestly, I may just do one more exercise, which is going to be some sort of like hamstring movement in a shortening position and then just call it a day. That's it. So three exercises um, because your deficit RDLs are going to build the fuck out of your glutes and your hammies. Like those are going to hammer your ass, man. So I, I love RDLs, man. RDLs are just an unreal exercise. But yeah, how, what am I going to call this, man? The beltless four-plate pause squat, you know, enjoyer who could do a one-arm chin-up. That's what I'm going to call this episode, man. But like, but that's, that's literally me in a nutshell. I want to be the guy that can fucking get in the vivos, man. Fuck the limbs. Fuck the mobility, man just sink it down for like three for like five seconds no belt no sleeves no need for fucking any additional shit upright as hell and just sends a high bar man sends a high bar that would be incredible man and honestly that day will come it will come i guarantee it will come and i'm, I'm calling it right now it will come so I'm going to keep working, man. Keep working on that mobility every day as well, which is what I'm doing as well. Find a pocket strap, man. Just keep mobilizing my body and just keep moving. And that's what we're going to do. So let's fucking get it, man. I'm excited. I'm hyped for this whole entire journey. All right, I'm going to call it there. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to see more, make sure you just request for something, ask a question, or share it out to your mates, all right? Really appreciate it, guys. AP, out. Have an awesome one, guys. Peace out.